Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Episode 43, the Prolific Writer Podcast. We have our first doctor on the show. Dr. Tian Doan drops some huge writerly wisdom. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is your Prolific Writer Podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton, and I am so glad you are here. However, you are listening to the soothing sounds of my voice. Maybe you're on the treadmill. Maybe you're on the bus, in the car. Maybe you're doing laundry. Maybe you're mowing the lawn. Maybe you're going on a hike. However you found us, I'm so glad that you're here. The podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, write often, and write well. And I am so excited to have our very first doctor on the show. Now, this doctor can't do surgery, so don't ask him. But today, I had the privilege of interviewing Dr. Tian Doan and Doan, and he is a delight, a friend, a beginning writer. And what we try to do on the show is I know we have people who have written hundreds of books and we have people that are somewhere in the middle, uh, but it's always good to have writers. We've had writers that haven't even published their first book and uh, Tian has published a couple of books and has some good early success. And so we're going to talk about his early success and his story, his journey, what he's learning, some things he's putting into practice. And I think you're going to be encouraged and inspired by Dr. Doan's story. And so it was really great to have him on the show and just really hear what it's like and the ups and the downs and getting started and just his, his love for writing, his calling to write and, and having some good success. So, so I hope wherever you are on your writing journey, uh, don't hear prolific as you have to have a thousand books to, 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 to learn from this show, but wherever you are, whether you're just starting, you want to get that blog started, you want to write those articles, you want to get a book out into the world or you have 50 books in the world. Uh, there's always something for, for everyone. So, so thank you everyone for listening in. Thank you for your kind comments and feedback and questions and reviews. It's very humbling what I get to be part of every week. And hopefully it's adding a ton of value to your writing and inspiration and encouragement and tips and practical things that you can apply uh, to your writing. So with no further ado, here is Dr. Tian Doan. Well, 
Well, welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton, and I am privileged again to have another wonderful guest on the show. Actually, I have a doctor on the line. And so uh, Dr. Uh, Tian Doan, and he is uh, gracing us with his presence. And one of the things you know about our show is I don't want to just have you know, people that have written a thousand books and bestsellers and all that. And this is not to degrade our fine doctor, but um, uh, Dr. Doan is a pastor. He's a church planner. He's written a couple books um, and he has a lot of degrees behind his name. And uh, he's kind of just starting out on the writing journey. And so uh, I think it's important that we have our guests uh, to be a variety of, of writers. So hopefully you'll be really encouraged by his story. We are our friends, and uh, he's going to offer a lot of value this today. So, so thanks for coming on the show, Doctor Doan. Hey Ryan, uh, let's uh, cut it with the doctor. Just call me TN. Okay, should be fine. Well, and one other thing that I think we need to just kind of lay our cards on the table as we start is um, the uh, fine doctor. I know he says not to call him doctor, but this has to do with his uh, fandom. So Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers. I grew up in LA. <laughs> Um, That's right. He grew up in L.A. and I'm a Clippers fan. And so let's just let's just start the interview the right way. Who's going to have more wins this year, Lakers or Clippers? Well, uh, Lakers, of course, uh, Clippers, uh, they they look terrible. They look terrible again. Chris Paul fled the, the sinking ship. So uh, they're going to be back in the lottery. So all is right in the world of uh, NBA basketball and uh, Lakers. Uh, I, they. They're, they'll be on the bubble. I think they'll they'll fight for the eighth spot. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm rooting for forty games. So well, you know, it's it's good to live in a fantasy world. I think that helps <laughs> as writers. Um, there's yeah, no objective evidence of the case, but you know, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We'll we'll, we'll still be friends. <laughs> uh, well, uh, on a more serious note, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, why don't we open our time? Tell us fill a little of the background. Um, you know, what's your family like? What do you do for work? Kind of talk about that. Yeah, well, let's see. Um, I am Vietnamese. I'm actually, I was actually born in Vietnam. Uh, came to America as uh, a refugee. I'm um, the youngest of my family, and I was a year old when our, our, our family left Vietnam. And uh, we bumped around a couple of places, and we, were, we lived in Washington State. And then finally, that was too cold for my parents. And so we, they moved us to sunny Southern California and, um, uh, yeah, so they, they, they're refugees and it's just like a totally different experience. And, um, you know, it's interesting. And I think people are talking about the refugee experience nowadays, uh, a lot more because of all the other crazy stuff that's going on in the world. But, uh, one of the things with, uh, with being a refugee, uh, immigrant is that, um, you know, you come to this new land with this idea that there is no going back, that this is your home. And you um, you really try to immerse yourself into the new culture. And so that's that's kind of my background. And uh, so I, you know, I was only a year old. I don't really I don't have any memories about uh, about back then, uh, the, the homeland. I've been back a couple of times. But um, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, I grew up in a real difficult family situation, um, you know, drugs, uh, my brother's in and out of jail, things like that, uh, you know, poverty, and, uh, and something happened in my life when I was a teenager, and uh, I didn't grow up in a, um, a religious home, uh, but God did something in my life, and I uh, started going to church as a teenager, and it really it changed my life, and, and that's actually a lot of what uh, led me down this road. Um, I'm a pastor now, and I've been a pastor for about 20 years, and uh, started writing, um, you know, writing some books, and uh, I think I really found my, my calling in, in the writing. It just kind of uh, puts everything together for me. You know, I have a lot of stories that I can't just I can't tell at church, you know, and I just want to put it out there into uh, a book form and uh, it, it seems to go well. Well, I think it's, it's you have a, a great story because I, I think, uh, you know, I grew up in L.A., very multicultural environment. And I think some people for, forget that, that, you know, a lot of my friends, I mean, growing up from school, were all refugees. They're all immigrants. I mean, they came from other places and that's just kind of normal. 
Um, and, and what's I think what's interesting about that, and I actually thought you were going to go a different direction, but um, is a lot of families that aren't from here, they really immerse themselves in kind of American culture, like pop culture, to like learn the language and understand kind of what's going on and, you know, get real familiar with TVs and books and movies, even just trying to learn the language. And uh, I, I have a lot of friends actually that, you know, watch yeah. like police academy and in these silly movies in the eighties, just to like learn how to speak the language. Yeah, and, yeah. and so, you know, so their first inroad into kind of, our, I mean, whether that's good or bad into our culture is kind of pop culture, you know, pop books, pop movies, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, well, Hey, thanks for sharing that, uh, at the end. And, and we, uh, we're going to jump in. Um, you have, uh, two books out on the market and, um, and they've been doing really well and uh, really great books. I've, I've read both of them actually. And uh, really, really, really excited for you just because we started a conversation um, a while ago. You know, you were really yeah, keen- even before I published them, I think yeah. I was asking you uh, like, hey, how do you do this? And, you know, right. and uh, I just, you know, I listened to, uh, to your podcast and I think I, I, I think I listened to almost all of them. I might have missed one or two of the early ones, but uh, uh, you really helped me a lot. So um, it really set my my mindset and my goal isn't, you know, it, not necessarily to make a million bucks or to to, but that idea of being uh, prolific. You know, um, I just uh, that's what I could control, and you know, I could control about what I produce, and it just really gave me a good framework and a goal and a mindset. So I appreciate what you do. Hey, my pleasure. Um, and, and that's, you know, I, I hope when people are listening to this, I have to say this every few episodes is like when, when I, you know, when, I, when we say prolific, I think people get nervous. It's like, well, that means you're going to write really bad books. and You're going to write a lot of bad ones. Um, and, you know, we have people on here that have written 100 books. We have people that have written 29 books in a year. And so they, they think that's what prolific means. And, and I think for me and the way I understand it is that that's actually defined how you want to define it. I mean, for mm-hmm. some people, that's three books a year. That's two books a year. That's one book a year. That's 10 books a year. Um, but, but really we're talking about consistency. We're talking about yeah. quality consistency because book writing and we can get into it, but it's, it's so subjective. You know, what is mm-hmm. good, good writing for one person or one audience is not for another. And, and, and so the idea that, you know, there's some perfect book out there, there's some, you know, magic, you know, unicorn of, of books that, you know, we write is just really a myth that I want to kind of blow up and to say, mm-hmm. if you want to make it in the indie space and you want to have eyeballs on your work, you just have to be consistent. And, um, and so, so we get into that a little bit. Um, so you've, you've jumped right in. So, so dig into a little more of your story. You talked about, you know, how writing's kind of been part of your work and, and, yeah. and so where did that, where did that kind of, kind of moment begin where you said, you know, I really, I really enjoy this. I, I, I like, putting pen to paper or computer to paper or whatever. Yeah. Um, talk about that. Uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to, to write, but I never got serious about it. Um, there might've been some short stories back in, in high school and college, but, uh, you know, never really serious about it. I'm, I'm pretty ADD with a lot of different things. I'm creative. I, I like to start a lot of projects and I, I like finish none of them, but, um, something changed when I was actually working on my doctorate. Um, I, I I was really stuck, and I kept on getting um, I was um, they call it ABD all but dissertation, and <laughs> I was just really stuck. Um, and I actually uh, they tell you not to do this. I had a project already approved, a, a thesis already approved, and outlined and all this stuff and research done halfway. And I decided to change my whole topic, and they tell you never do that. And I, you know, so I changed the topic. Um, and basically started over and it, I had all these deadlines and I, I was coming back to like one of my like very final deadlines and they're saying, Hey, you need to do this. You know, you need to get it done by this time. And then, so I got serious. I was like, okay, um, I can't play around cause I, I, you know, wasted all this money if I'm not going to graduate, finish my degree. Um, and so I started a early morning writing habit and, it was, um, you know, I, I got up, uh, it, I set the alarm for 4.45, and I tried to get in, you know, an hour, hour and a half of writing before, um, you know, had to take care of the kids and take them to school. And I, I started doing that, and um, at this point, um, the, and the reason why I, I, I changed my dissertation is kind of like what Stephen Pressfield said, like he was 99% done with a book, and he just threw it away. And that's how I felt. I said, like, it wasn't good enough. But I didn't have that opportunity because I actually thought it was terrible. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, when I turned it into my readers, I thought it was terrible. And I, I but it was my last opportunity. I was my back was against the wall. If I didn't turn in this, um, I was not going to graduate. And um, it was it was you know, so I just motored through is is like three hundred something pages of research writing, which is like painful writing. It's not. You know, there's no prose in it. It's terrible <laughs> diction. You have to write everything in a passive voice, and you, you you cannot. You're a researcher. You know, you have to say the researcher believes that. You know, this is so you can't even give your opinion. It's just like terrible writing. It's just like painful. So I turned it in, and then while I was waiting for um my uh, readers to get back to me, I I started thinking, hey, I'm I got used to this getting up at. 4.45 in the morning, let me just pick up this, uh, let me just write some other stuff. So I started taking one of my, um, uh, one of my projects, one of my old uh, sermon series that, that I did, and I just started writing down the thoughts uh, there. And um, as, uh, as a pastor, you know, I've, I've been uh, creating content, uh, a, a, you know, a sermon which is uh, about 30 or 40 minute speech, basically, um, every single week for almost 20 years now. And I have a lot of material and um, I'm actually kind of a frustrated uh, preacher because um, I never feel like um, my sermon is finished when I preached it. I feel like it, it, there was like 70 percent done, but I wish I could um, say more and develop these thoughts and then also to fit that that thought into the time slot, I have to cut a lot of really good material, some illustrations, some stories, you know, some uh, and, um, you know, I, 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 I would have to leave that out of the sermon. But, of course, you know, I save those stories and I save those writings and I just throw it in the file. Uh, you know, I sometimes I use Evernote, sometimes I use other things. And so when I, I had this, uh, while I was waiting for my dissertation to be read, um, I said, hey, let me just pick up and try to write this into a book, this, the, this sermon series I just finished. Let me try to write it into a book. So I put it, I just, I, I put it into a book, and um, uh, it, it, it really changed. It really changed my, my, my perspective. It was like, um, uh, the funny thing is, uh, I did not want anyone to read it. I was just writing it just to, to pass time because I, I didn't want to lose the habit of waking, like waking up early because in my mind, I thought the, my, my dissertation um, committee was going to come back to me in a week and say, hey, you need to rewrite this and change all this stuff. So I didn't want to lose the habit of getting up early. So I just started writing. Um, and I finished that book in a month. And um, I was like, hey, that wasn't bad. And uh, I actually um, – I told a friend of mine from church who's also you know, a, a person that she, she wants to write also. I told her about this thing. I was like, hey, I want to write. And she actually uh, motivated me by giving me some accountability. She says, you know, um, I want to I wanna see – like." I want to see uh, a rough draft. I, I, you know, I want to see you. And I was like, no one has ever, at that point, no one's ever read anything that I wrote before because, you know, I don't know, just this, this self-doubt. And um, so I gave it to her, again, thinking that it was terrible. And she said, hey, this is good stuff. You should publish this. And I was like, no, nah, I, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, with the dissertation a month later, the dissertation I thought was terrible. My reading committee, my, my readers said, um, we don't actually have any suggestions for a redraft. It's like, this has never happened before. Um, all you need to do is get some, some line editing, but it is good to publish and your dissertation, like you could defend this dissertation without any second draft. And they're like, that's, you know, that's never happened before where first draft is a defense-ready dissertation. And I was like, oh, I thought it was terrible. That's why I've been putting it off for so long. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm not that bad of a writer. Um, so uh, I threw it together. Um, uh, I, 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 I put it together on a, a, you know, an e-book form. 
put it out there into the world, and um, I did all the editing. There was still a bunch of, uh, you know, typos and errors and stuff at the first draft and stuff. And um, uh, But it got good reviews, and it started doing well. And even today, my first book is called it's called The Life Path. Um, it's uh, sitting at 4.8 stars, uh, which is, uh, you know, around 50 or so reviews, which is like, wow, I, I didn't think, you know, this was kind of, in my mind, this was like my first, I just want to get something out there so I could improve. But I was like, hey, I'm, maybe this is not that bad. So, um, you know, that really changed my, my, my thinking. So, uh, yeah, that's that, that was the start. Um, and I have, like, now I have this, this writing habit. Uh, I'm working on my, my third book, and it should be published uh, before – I'm giving myself a deadline. It's going to be published before November the 10th because uh, I actually – I have to uh, – I'm going on a trip. I'm traveling so uh, for some work, uh, some conferences. So my, my goal is to uh, publish my third um, so that'll be basically I, it's uh, if I keep that date, it will be basically a book every two months. And and these are like real books. They're you know, they're mm-hmm. 200 pages. I do a, a, a print copy um, and they you know, my second book is has five stars, 5.0. There's not that many reviews, but uh, all I got all five stars and they started selling well. Um, you know, being an unknown person, it, it was kind of interesting that they both um, got picked up. They both hit the number one bestseller on uh, Amazon uh, in like uh, in three different categories, and then they hit the 100 top 100 in 13 different categories, which is like I was like, wow. And a lot of it was, you know, I had to teach myself. I um, how to use the AMS ads, you know, I promoted some things at, you know, 99 cents, mm-hmm. gave it away for free and did these different things. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've just been learning about the business, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it, it, for me, I feel I, I'm, I'm super excited and, um, I think I, I found the, the, you know, just, uh, uh, I'm just really passionate. I found, I found mm-hmm. a missing part of my calling. Like I love the church. I never want to leave the, the church ministry, but mm-hmm. there was always this creative part that I felt like, you know, I, 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 I like to create. I, I mm-hmm. don't get a chance to do that that often. Sure. So this allows me to do that. That's great. Yeah. I want to, I want to uh, follow up on a, a little thread that you um, mentioned. So you're, you're writing these sermons, you have all this content and, you know, say, Hey, I could turn this into a book. And, uh, one of the things I was thinking about as you're, you're telling that part of your story is a lot of people listening, don't realize how much content they actually already have. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of bloggers. We have people that write articles, you know, we've had pastors, we have, you know, you name it. Um, they, they already have it there. They just need to put it together. They need to kind of, you know, compile it into something that's maybe book worthy. Maybe it needs some editing. Maybe it needs more, a little more, like you mentioned, fleshed out, you know, you can't just take a sermon and just write it, you know, and just yeah. publish it verbatim because you want to say mm-hmm. more, you want to add more, you want it to be a, a reading experience, not a listening experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's case in point. I mean, I, I wrote a series of blog posts, which became my first book. It was, it was about leadership. It was just some, some basic ideas that I wanted to share with some leaders, leaders in our church. And, and that's where mine began. And, and it was that kind of aha moment of saying, we have content all around us. We have ideas around it. We might, we might even have journals, you know, that we've written, you know, reflected on things that are, that are publishing worthy, you know? So, so as someone listening, if you're just starting, like begin looking for, what do you have already kind of there? Maybe you have a couple failed manuscripts or half written ones, or you have a piece here, piece there, article there, article there, blog post here. Like you probably have a a book somewhere that you can kind of get started. And so, so I love that, love that part. And then I think the other thing would just be your, you know, your writing habit. I think, you know, rather than saying, well, let's just let that go away. You're saying, well, Hey, let's use that time. That's a good time to just continue to create and continue to, mm-hmm. to work on stuff and, and keep in the, in the practice. I think that's, that's really important. So, um, so tell me, um, you know, you, you've had some success, you, you know, your books have, have done pretty well. Your, you know, your first couple real books and, and, you know, people are buying them and, and, and they're great. And, but, but talk a little bit about kind of when you think about your story, what are some, some failures that you've been learning um, along the way as far as uh, writing and publishing? 
Yeah, I, I think for, for me, uh, it is the, the self-doubt and the procrastination and the excuses, you know. And um, you're, you're actually catching me on a, a bad writing, a writing uh, time right now because uh, my book's around 40,000 uh, 40, words, my, uh, you know, so about 200 uh, uh, printed pages, um, give or take a, a few. And I'm 3,500, uh, 35,000 words into my, my third book and I hate it and I want to change it and I want to, I want to, I want to just change the whole premise. And, um, it's, you know, I had this, all this self doubt and before, honestly, um, the first couple things that I, I did, like for the dissertation and my first book, it was like. I just need to finish some things and I just want to feel good about finishing. Mm -hmm. And, but heck, um, that they all hit bestseller and I got 4.8 stars on one and 5.0 stars another. And my third one, I'm like, man, this doesn't measure up. So like I'm my, I'm my own worst enemy, right? I'm, mm -hmm. I, I'm just having all these, uh, this self doubt. Like, is this good enough? Um, so, um, I think, yeah, procrastination, uh, excuses, uh, rethinking, you know, rethinking the project. And, and so my, my, I, I have to tell myself, okay, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if I heard it from you or, or you, you probably stole it from somewhere else, but, uh, they say, uh, Most likely. you know, yeah, you know, uh, uh, like, like what is it done is better than perfect or something like that. I mean, I just, I, you know, and Seth Godin talks about, you know, you got to ship, uh, ship it out. And so, so that's what I'm working with. Like I never finish things. I literally have, like, I still, right now I have, um, uh, uh, three or four other book projects in my mind. And, uh, when I'm stuck on this current one, I feel like, well, you know what, let me, should I, Stop this one because I don't. I'm not feeling motivated. And should I work on this new idea, this bright and shiny object over here? And I have to tell myself, no, you you, you have to finish. Even if it sucks, you got to finish because, you know, if I allow myself to get into that old habit of moving from project to project, um, I'm just going to have ten half finished projects and, and nothing. I'd rather have a bad book finished than ten half finished project. So that, that's what I'm working through. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it's, it's kinda, it's kinda interesting. I mean, I, I haven't had like, like real success yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but I even feel like, like, okay, um, I need to improve mm -hmm. and, and it's like, I don't know. I, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's a weird measurement. Like, I don't know how I would improve on, on, 4.8 stars and 5.0 stars. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a bad thing. So I think that's the thing in the past that, that has really gotten me. It's, um, mm -hmm. uh, but one thing, one thing that really helped and, and maybe I, I was going to save this for, um, um, advice uh, at the, at the end, but, uh, letting someone read what you think is bad mm -hmm. is, is, uh, was a breakthrough for me because, when I, you know, um, let my friend read my book the first time, I, you know, I thought it was terrible, but she was like, no, this is really good. Mm -hmm. And she actually, you know, um, gave it back, uh, and with, uh, some annotated, uh, annotated notes. And she, in one of her notes, like, like this story made me cry. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh, well, okay. There's something there. Um, uh, so I, yeah, uh, uh, uh all this internal head stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I think, but, yeah, I think you're tapping into what most writers don't talk about enough. Um, I think we, um, you, you made a comment. Um, I, I don't know where you made a comment. Maybe we were just talking and you said, you know, I'm kind of tired of the podcast that it's like, everything's about marketing and tricks and tips and all that. Yeah. Um, and there's a place for that, obviously. I mean, we talk about that stuff too. Um, but talking about the head game, you know, I had yeah. jo Joanna Penn on here a couple weeks ago yeah. and you know, um, it's not because I don't have the right software. It's not because I don't understand Facebook ads. It's the daily, like I just wrote two books and I think this is the worst thing I've ever written. And, yeah. and, and I think it's because we, we get so close to the project. It's hard to be objective or subjective yeah. or, or it becomes more subjective. Uh, and that's the weird thing. I mean, it's like the you know band who releases a new album. It's the sophomore yeah. slump. It's the, how do yeah. I, how can I measure up? You know? Um, 
And, and I don't think writing, you know, I, I think writing is so unique because especially your, your writing and, you know, I write similar nonfiction books too, but, um, they're so different. They, they meet different needs. They're trying to solve different solutions and problems or find or solve problems and, you know, uh, create solutions. And so it's like, how do you gauge that? How do you gauge what is, Oh, is this better? Is this, you know, am I climbing a hill or am I just, you know, it's, it's okay. But you know, and one of my favorite books I've written personally, it's a novel that only a few people have read. Um, I think it's my best thing. I mean, I think I've had feedback. It is my best thing. And yet for some reason, it's just not maybe because it's not in a series, maybe because it's just by itself. I don't know. Um, it doesn't connect, but it's still my favorite. And I think it's the best written thing I've done. And so mm-hmm. it's just funny how writing can be so subjective in that way. Um, and, and, you know, and then we're, we just have to ask ourselves a lot of questions like, what is it that I don't think is, what do I think is bad about it? Is it mm-hmm. the actual writing? Is it the premise? Is it the flow? Is it the, you know, I didn't use enough stories. Is it, you know, whatever. Um, cause sometimes I think we're just our worst critics and those things are kind of, eh, they're subjective. Like, yeah, you could move that around, but that's not really going to change the book, you know? Um, or this pressure, like you're saying, it's like this pressure of, I, you know, I got all these good reviews. I, I can't have a four star. I can't have a one star. Yeah. And and I think, you know, the one stars are good. Cause I think it's, <laughs> it, it, it reminds us like, I mean, a lot of times people are just like, Oh, the, the book didn't come in a timely fashion. One star. Yeah. You're like, you didn't really read the book. Yeah. Did you? Um, but yeah. you know, it just, you, you can learn from that and then, and then, you know, move on from it. But, um, but no, I appreciate you sharing that because that's, that's the thing that I want, I want writers to hear is not, it's not, well, you don't have the right writing desk or the right, you know, computer. Yeah. It's the games we play in our head mm-hmm, and, definitely. and that's gonna, you know, every book, it's going to be a challenge. Um, so with that transition though, let's talk about, you talked about the, you know, 445 writing habit. Is that still kind of your habit? Talk, talk us through a little about the details yeah. of that. Yeah. What, what does I, that look like now? How's that evolved? Um, I still set the, the alarm there. Um, today, what that's another reason it was a bad day. Um, I got to my desk at seven. Usually I, I try to get here before six, you know, um, but it's not, um, uh, yeah, it, you know, I, I couldn't do it today. Um, but I try to, this is, this is the thing, um, in actually in my, uh, the, the book, my first book, it's called the, the life path. And, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a life planning productivity, you know, like try to figure out your life. And the, the reason I wrote that was to help like in my, like in my family and in my church, there's all these young adults who are just wandering and they don't have direction. They're looking for they're looking for passion. They're looking for whatever. They just you know they just need they need a path. And uh, so in that book, I, I have this one tip, and it's a tip that that um, that I use. Um, uh, I call it a, a, a gateway behavior. And uh, some people might might call it like a mini habit or something like that. But um, I you know the the idea is like I just need something. Like the hardest thing to do is is. Uh, get started is to break the the power of the gravity of inertia, you know, to go from like bed to, you know, uh, your desk or, you know, um, whatever off the couch or in, into the gym. It doesn't matter, you know, just that, that small step, that first step. So my, um, uh, my gateway behavior for writing is I say, I want to write 200 words a day, which is small. And even, on the worst day, um, I, I think I, I think what's her you know what's her name Twyla Tharp talks about this like uh, having a small habit that you do that e- that you could even accomplish even on the day that your dog dies you know like like you're having a terrible day but you could still do 200 words mm-hmm. so I, I aim at you know um, around uh, 2,000 words but I set the bar low. To have compassion on myself to that 200 words mm-hmm. and you know i will never get to 2000 words if i don't get to 200 but there are some days that all i can do is 200 and it allows me to have compassion for myself to say hey um i don't beat myself up because I, I i technically accomplish my goal and um, the most important part is that that consistency, you know, um, you know, putting in your reps, uh, you know, they, everyone talks about that uh, story about Jerry Seinfeld and that calendar with the, the you know, don't break the chain. And that, that's what I do. Um, 
uh, everything is kind of outlined out, and and I get there, I know what I'm writing. So um, it's kind of weird. I, I need I I, I need um, I have a time for writing, mm-hmm. but I need to change sometimes the atmosphere. Sometimes I'm at Starbucks. Sometimes I'm at my desk in my in my office. I don't write at home. I, I just can't uh, get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I go to uh, um, to a park, and you know I actually write on my you know I have notebooks. I write longhand at a park. Sometimes uh, you know so I, I switch uh, places, but that time slot's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's that's what I do. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's good. I, I think sometimes you know when you're stuck a little bit, or you feel like you know you're you're not in that groove, is like switching up the environment. You know, we we always assume, oh, this is the best environment. But until we switch and we go, oh, actually, I like writing at the park. I like writing at the coffee house. I like noise. I like, you know, some people like dead quiet. I think it's just you know, like, you know, one place that I like to write that yeah. I think this is a maybe this would be a tip for for people who are looking for a place to write. Like if you're in a city that has like a nice hotel or a convention center or like a, a resort, mm-hmm. like like, you know, we have I'm in Orange County. There's a bunch of those everywhere. So like I'll, um I'll put on, you know, I'll put on some some slacks and a button-up shirt and I'll go into this hotel, you know, the Four Seasons fancy hotel and I'll sit in the lobby um and they have the best Wi-Fi there mm-hmm. and they don't bother you because they think you're a you know, a, a client of that hotel, you know, $500 a night hotel, so they treat you all nice. Mm-hmm. And I sit there in a corner, comfortable couch, and I write all day, and I go home, and it costs me nothing. Maybe I'll buy a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they actually, uh, you know, like you, they actually bring you some, like, hey, would you, they ask you, you know, they think you're a guest. You're sitting there doing work or something, and they bring, it's like, it's, um, so if you don't have an office, you don't want to, like, that's one of my things. That's one of, uh, one of my uh, go-tos. I, um, you know, go to a fancy resort, yeah. and I'll sit there. No, I love it. So, I love it. And I, and I think that's what you're, what you're saying. Maybe you're not even meaning to say it, but again, it's, it's about the fear. It's about the, you know, well, I don't have the right environment. I don't have the right, yeah. you know, like we just keep telling ourselves, well, if I just had this office, if I just didn't have to yeah. work at home, if I didn't have kids, if I didn't, you know, yeah. um, and, and again, we all have the same amount of, of time and, you know, mm-hmm. in the day as everyone else that's ever lived. Um, uh, I wanted to, uh, before we get to some, I gave you some kind of questions ahead of time, like some quick hit questions, We'll get into some of those in a minute, but I wanted to talk a little bit just for a moment because I think this is interesting um, for those that are kind of starting out, getting their books out there. Maybe they have one book or two books or a couple or maybe three. Um, you did kind of an interesting uh, video and you had kind of a, a, a marketing plan and your your goal was to you wanted to kind of make sure you had some reviews in place before, you know, you yeah. kinda, your book kind of got rolling. And then you also wanted to. Um, get a bunch of free downloads uh, so people could actually read the book and, and give some reviews and give some feedback yeah. for free. So, so talk a little bit about kind of the, the genesis of this strategy and kind of what you kind of learned through that. And, you know, how did it work for you? Cause you obviously you have a lot of reviews way more than, you know, you have way more than I do, but um, you know, just, you know, how did that work? What, what would you learn from that experience? Yeah. Uh, so I, I took, um, Mark Dawson's uh, uh, class, you know, I, I forgot what he used to call it, or, you know, um, 101 or whatever. Um, and I don't have a platform, don't have an email list. And I was thinking, okay, how, how can I get one? And so I had the, the early copy, uh, un, like just my personal edits out there. And I set a launch date uh, a month in advance. And uh, my goal was to get um, 1,000 downloads. Uh, to give away a thousand copies, um, I use Book Funnel, and in order to get it, you know they ha- you they have to get your uh, you have to put in an email, and um, I my goal was to get yeah a thousand uh, downloads uh, before it launched, and then a and then w- uh, the month after it launched, fifty reviews, and so well. The week of launch, I wanted 25 reviews just to, for the first week and then 50 within the, the, the end of the month. So it, I, I had to hustle and I um, uh, contacted um, all kinds of different people and I just told my story. And, you know, um, it, my book is a Christian nonfiction book, but it's also kind of a, a life coaching book. 
so I contacted um, all these different people, you know, life coaches and pastors and all. And some of them I knew, uh, most of them I didn't. You know, I actually emailed, not spammed, uh, like like one at a time. Uh, uh, you know, a a an email. It took me forever, and I just explained who I am, and I said, uh, "This is my book. Um, if you uh, if you liked this, it, it, my book is very similar to a a, a book." Um, called uh, Living Forward by Michael Hyatt, um, but uh, mine has a little bit of different spin, and it is kind of uh, more uh, uh, specifically for a Christian audience because it, it brings in um, uh, more biblical uh, stories and, and, and teachings from the Bible. So, um, but I, I I I sent it to um, uh, life coaches, and I said if you liked Living Forward, my book is very similar to that, and I just want to give it to you for free. Um, and you can download it here and you might find it useful. Um, and if you liked it, maybe you'll give your, uh, maybe uh, please consider giving me a review when it launches later on, you know? So I, I did that a month in advance and, uh, yeah, I, I reached that goal over a thousand people downloaded it for free before launch. And then when it launched, I, I emailed those same people and said, um, Hey, it's, you know, you could go put up your your reviews now, and I showed them how to do that. But then I said this, um, I'm launching at 99 cents, and if, if uh, you, you know, if you wanna actually be even more helpful, please consider buying it at 99 cents before you leave the review so that your review could be a verified purchase. So, um, and I explained why, and, you know, because Amazon kind of hides those, the, the, the unverified per, uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so most people actually, I mean, you know, the majority of those people, uh, did that. Um, but this is kind of interesting, um, for my, my second book, um, which was published only, uh, I think less than 60 days after, um, I did none of that. And um, I wanted to test um, just my mailing list, mm-hmm. not asking for reviews, just saying, hey, I got a new book out, go check it out, and also an AMS ads, right? I didn't, I didn't bomb anyone on social media. Uh, I didn't um, make videos or anything like that. But um, am I breaking up? Sounds kind of weird here. Yeah, just, you're, you're good. Okay. Uh, so, so for my, for my second book, what I did was, um, I just emailed my list and I created a bunch of AMS ads for it. And even right now it's a, it's a month in, it hit the bestseller list, number one in, in a couple of categories, but it's only got five reviews. So it's kind of interesting. I was like, you know what? I don't know how much reviews affect um, the, you know, the algorithms or, or how people see it. Mm-hmm. And if you get, if you send people to your, your list, you know, they, they might pick it up. Mm-hmm. And again, I launched it at 99 cents mm-hmm. and, you know, um, I'm, a, I'm about to raise it up to, uh, you know, higher price. Um, yeah. The, the unexpected thing is, uh, I, I thought it was just kind of a throwaway, um, creating the CreateSpace um, print-on-demand books. Mm-hmm. Um, people are buying those more than I thought, and I get quite a big royalty on, on uh, you know, because the book is, uh, I think it's like around 13 bucks, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, I, I get like five bucks or something for each copy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of been my method. Yeah, I think um, two things. I mean, reviews are just a big mystery. I think everyone assumes, you know, that's the that's the thing. Um, you know, I I could probably give anecdotal evidence of a guy, you know, has two reviews and he sells, you know, thousands of copies a day, and it has nothing. To, so it obviously, has nothing to do with reviews. Um, I think sometimes the reviews are more just for the buyer. It's just oh, they're social proof. Like oh, they like yeah. the book. You know, I mean, I, I do that. You write, you're looking at a book, you're like oh, it's got some good reviews. Um, but not always. I mean, that's you know, because if you really read them closely, some of them are just ridiculous and not helpful. And I actually really get yeah. sad for authors because 
Yeah, it'll be that. Well, it didn't they didn't ship it on time? One star, or someone's like, "I love the book, best book ever." Three stars. You're like, "What? I don't understand." <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah. you know, and then I think the, the other thing um, is, uh, you, you know, you just talked about getting, you know, kind of the long game, getting you know books into the hands of people. I mean, obviously, not everyone who downloaded a thousand, you know, commented or bought it or whatever. Um, I, I think you're thinking long-term like they might, that's the problem with digital books is you know, they can sit on your, on your device for yeah. and they get lost. So, but you know, a year someone goes, Oh, hey, what was this book? And then they read it and they discover, it and then, you know, so I think you just have to kind of look, you know, long-term. Um, I think the, other thing is the print stuff, I think print is still just as alive as ever. And uh, I think that's a myth. Yeah. Um, you know, some people buy both. I do. I do. If I like the book, I'd buy it digital and I like it. I'll buy a print copy just to have it. Yeah. Yeah. Know, and I've done that. And, I, yep. I, I have, uh, I have audible copies and print and, uh, e, e versions of the book. I really like, you know, yep. Yep. so I'll do that all three. Yeah. I, I think this idea that, you know, someday prints is going away. I don't think that's happening. I think there's too many genres too, that need print, you know, um, textbooks, nonfiction, you know, yeah, me. I think nonfiction, uh, definitely, definitely nonfiction. Yep. Uh, uh, I would recommend that for everyone. Um, it's just so easy to do now yep. with print on demand. Yep. You don't have to, you know, um, uh, shell out money to print up and store a bunch in your garage or something like that. So, yep. Uh. Well, good. So, uh, why don't we, uh, why don't we do some quick hit questions? Um, I sent you some ahead of time. These are kind of standard questions that I ask a lot of our guests and, I'm going to hit you with a few of them here. Uh, any must-read uh, fiction that you recommend? Uh, fiction. You know, um, I read a, a ton. Um, let's see. I, you know, you know, one thing that kind of got me started into uh, reading thrillers is this uh, series called Arisen, which is like, zombies and military zombie thriller fiction and it was like I, I loved it right and uh the one of the reasons why why you know i think it's like 11 or 12 books now um the author actually says in his uh, notes that he uses the blake snyder beat sheet mm-hmm. to uh write his his stories and then it's it's really helpful to to, to see how uh you know once you know more about the craft uh, how a person could develop a, a story. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm a big thriller uh, reader. Um, my favorite author of all time is uh, Vince Flynn. You know, he passed away and mm-hmm. he writes the Mitch Rap. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, so I'm a cool. big thriller um, reader. How about uh, any must-read nonfiction other than your own uh, recently? Yeah, uh, I think one thing uh, – one book that is very relevant and it's it's hilarious and i would actually encourage any uh, reader to get it on the audio audio version is uh trevor noah's book called a born a crime hmm. and um it's his story about growing up in south africa you know trevor Noah he's the, he's the uh, uh host of the uh daily show on comedy yep. central yeah comedian yeah he's hilarious as a comedian but he shares um such a amazing story about him growing up and the challenges and the worldview because you know he uh, in a in a he grew up um, during apartheid and he, he's half uh, German Swiss and half uh, African and that which was illegal um, and they call they called him colored not not black or white they just call him colored and there wasn't a spot for him and it's just a story and how he, he's come out of it and it's just so relevant. Um, but I, I do encourage getting the audio version because Trevor, uh, uh, re, uh, you know, he reads it himself, and um, it's just uh, amazing. I mean, it's very entertaining. It's one of my favorite things I've I, I read recently or listened to. So, born a crime. All right. How about uh, any must-have uh, software? Uh, let's see. Um, I'm actually. 
a both a low tech and high tech guy. You know, I have all the gadgets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone knows about Scrivener and Trello, uh, uh, and I think a lot of your guests talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll mention two things that have been helpful for me is um, uh, I use Grammarly, the the free version. Mm-hmm. You know, just to check, uh, do some editing there. I also use uh, uh, it's a web app, and it's, I use a free version um, called uh, Hemingway. You guys, you heard of that? Is that um, like, say it again. Uh, Hemingway. Oh, Hemingway. It's it's called Heming. Yep. Hemingway, like uh, Ernest Hemingway. Yep. And uh, you know, it, it's it 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 doesn't talk about like um like like punctuation or whatever. It's, it's more grammar. You know, things pop up like saying, hey, this is a passive sentence. You might consider, you know, strengthening that up with a, you know, it gives you these suggestions and it doesn't change it for you. But it it, it uh, shows you like, hey, this sentence is too long. You might want to look into it. So it, it's kind of like a different um, way of looking at, at uh, your writing in different eyes. Um, but my favorite thing for writing, um, honestly, is I get a bunch of really cheap, notebooks like um like composition notebooks you know mm-hmm. like a for a dollar or two each yep. and i i use that and, you know a lot of people write their ideas in like a moleskin like moleskin costs like 15 bucks and and <laughs> you you feel like oh my thoughts have to be worthy right, right say no right. no this cost me a dollar um but another thing i i i, I love is i love fountain pens mm-hmm. so i got a cheap notebook but i have a bunch of really nice pens mm-hmm that I write in and it's like, it brings me joy to see how smoothly the ink flows <laughs> on the page. You know, it's just like, ah, it's just, you know, so amazing. And once you get so, a nice, a nice pen, it kind of does ruin you. You're like, I can't use a Bic and yeah, again, like it's yeah. bleeding everywhere. It's so smooth. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So I, I, I just use that at my desk cause you know, fountain pens leak everywhere and you don't yeah. want to put it in your bag or, but so so when I'm at my, yeah, you're like a highbrow writer. I mean, I get to see you with your fountain pen and your notebooks and yeah. the muse just showing up in your office. Yeah. Well, I you know, I uh, the reason I like I, I tried to do a lot of my first drafting in in uh, longhand because you can't you you are unable to edit mm-hmm. uh, when you write longhand. Yep. You know, you just can't you you can't cross it out or you can't move things around. It's there, mm-hmm. and you just got to keep on going. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so it helps me to, to get more of my thoughts down. Mm-hmm. And, um, so when I, so that's kind of like the zero draft, mm-hmm. uh, and then I type it out. And then when I type it, I kind of, that's mm-hmm. when I do kind of my, kind of my first edit, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, so it, it actually, uh, it doesn't actually take longer. It, it's yeah. actually quicker for me when I do that. Well, I remember so, the, um, you know, Elmore Leonard, the famous thriller writer, you know, um, he, to the day he died, wrote longhand. And he said, because of that, he actually almost wrote one draft and he was done because it forced him just to write slower. Yeah. You know, he edited a little bit and then somebody else typed it up for him. But he was like, he's like, I was pretty much done once I, you know, once I finished, uh, the first draft. So very interesting. Um, and I think it engages a different part of your brain. Yeah, it does. It's not, not the same as a computer. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I have a I have an art background, you know, mm-hmm. and there's something about a pen and paper right. um, that gets my imagination going a little bit, and uh, so especially like when I'm out when I'm at the park or at Starbucks, it's just a lot easier mm-hmm. uh, to 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 write on a piece of paper, you know, a notebook. Cool. Yeah. Any uh, any TV shows, movies that people need to see? Well, okay. Uh, all time, if you've never, I think this is like the best storytelling ever cinematically, is the 1980s era uh, TV miniseries uh, Lonesome Dove, based on that Lua Lamore uh, uh, book. Okay. Uh, amazing. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's uh, Robert Duvall, Tommy Lee Jones, and a bunch of, you know, uh, I don't know, if you, have you seen that? It's amazing. Years ago, it, yeah, years ago. Yeah, it's it's just like the best character storytelling, and and, uh, and is very true to the book. Also, mm-hmm. um, I'm a big, I, I, I'm kind of a nerd. I I, I like uh, I, I'm huge into movies. Uh, if you haven't seen um, uh, Orville, uh, you got to watch Orville, the TV show, which is a spoof on uh, Star Trek. Okay. It's it's hilarious. It's it's hilarious. Um, yeah. It's like it's like 
better than the real Star Trek, uh, mm-hmm. but it's 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 great, you know. Yeah. Other movies, yeah, I like you know, uh, Forrest Gump, Shawshank, mm-hmm. things like that. Yep. I um, yeah. Uh, how about any? I, I actually didn't have you think of this ahead of time, but any um, podcasts that you say you know, writer, writerly or otherwise, that you go, these are really helpful. Yeah, I listen to podcasts like all day long now and i just i that's just my thing and uh i you know i like this one i like um you know james altucher's podcast he's more business mm-hmm. um uh, that's pretty good you know there's the the uh, you know uh creative pen and all these things uh you've had these guests on there but mm-hmm. uh, uh um Rachel Heron and uh, uh, Jay, what is his name? Jay Thorne. Jay Thorne. Their their podcast, Pedal to the Metal. Mm-hmm. And I love that podcast just because they're two writers just doing it day in and day out. And they just get together and they talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm always uh, – I love the craft craft uh, uh, ones that talk about the, the – actually the, the mindset of writing mm-hmm. and – you know, um, yeah. So th- those are those are a few that that I like. Um, right. There are some business ones. You know, I, I create a pen and 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 uh, 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 Mark Dawson's one. I mean, those are, are hugely helpful. But they're more about the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, good. Um, so here's uh, the big question. So TN, you are stealing internet from the fancy four seasons hotel you're doing your writing and you're sitting there sipping your coffee unassumedly and you look over and on the floor is a microphone and what you find out is this microphone is wired into the entire universe and (laughs) actually the writer universe and you have an opportunity to share some of your maybe one two or three writerly truths that you'd want to tell every writer what would they be? Yeah, uh, you gave me this question ahead of time, so I, I wrote it out, and um, I got three things. And the first one is um, actually in contradiction to uh, an advice you gave. Um, you know, I think it was uh, one of your podcasts recently, the the Micro Monday, mm-hmm. um, where you can't disagree with me. That's not why. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I do. Um, uh, you, you talk about you talked about like one of the things about what, what gets you to the finish line is is having passion, you know, having passion. Um, I actually I actually disagree with that mm-hmm. um, because um, I think that's the thing that that got me stuck for a long time mm-hmm. because I'm, I have a lot of starting energy, but not a lot of finishing energy. And it's just like I lose my the passion mm-hmm. halfway through and I can't I, I don't know if it's good or not. And I've just mm-hmm. been in it too long. And and my my so my advice my first advice for a person who's just starting out is that that like you shouldn't seek or or pursue external inspiration, mm-hmm. but that you need to ha- you need to focus on your internal purpose mm-hmm. because you can't control your the external you know that mm-hmm. comes and goes your your external that you know the muse, mm-hmm. but you need to know your why. Like, why are you doing this? I mean, is it is it for yourself? Um, is it for uh, your reader? You want to get a story out, but it has to be an internal purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, not a you can't wait for the external inspiration. And because honestly, um, for me, pursuing my passion, because uh, I, I I lose I lose my passion when things get hard, mm-hmm. and uh, but I don't lose my purpose. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to finish this book. And honestly, it might not help anyone. No one ever, might never, you know, people might never read it. Mm-hmm. But one of the purposes of, of me finishing it is to build that muscle of finishing things mm-hmm. and shipping and, and not quitting. And, you know, so that's mm-hmm. part of my purpose. Like I am growing that muscle of being a writer. That's good. So that's the first thing is, you know, don't 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 pursue this external inspiration or passion, but mm-hmm. just focus on that internal purpose. Mm-hmm. You have to have an internal why. So uh, apologize for for contradicting you. But, hey, uh, you know, at least it, okay. it, it works okay. for me. OK. Uh, second thing 
Um, I have a saying um, that one of my mentors gave me. It, he uh, it kept on drilling into our, our minds, uh, our heads, uh, is he would always say, start small, go deep, but dream big. Mm-hmm. Start small, go deep, but dream big. And for me, you know, I, I always, I, 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 have, I, I, I tell myself, like, just start small and then, but, but be committed to making it better, mm-hmm. right? Just start someplace. Go deep, and you got you you you're going to grow, and you want to make it better. So, in the how that how like for me, I'm I'm in this. I'm just starting, and for me, what this means is I need to I need to learn about the business of writing, and uh, uh so I would recommend um, craft books mm-hmm. like books on on like uh, like read uh read books on good writing. And then also read books on the business of publishing, mm-hmm. and those are two separate, you know, skill sets. Um, but like, like you know, craft books. I mean, books on writing. I mean, some of the the ones that have helped me. I mean, you know, Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird, uh, The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield. Uh, people don't necessarily. I don't know. You get bad the different reviews, but I loved Elizabeth Gilbert's uh, Big Magic, mm-hmm. and it was just it was um, that that really helped me. Um, Stephen King's on writing, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a there's tons of books on the craft of of writing. Um, some helpful ones, like I, um, I'm actually, you know, I, I I've been working on a a side fiction project too, so I've been learning about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. You know, James Scott Bell has a, a, a his book on a story structure is great. Uh, Lisa Cron's book called Story Genius is excellent, and I. Um, you might have had her uh, Libby Hawker's book, yep. uh, take, take Off Your Pants, that, you know, about outlining. Uh, yep. yeah, outlining. Th- those are some great books. One, one thing that I would recommend right now, um, uh, I, I think it's in preparation for this uh, uh, NaNoWriMo, uh, Chuck Wendig. Um, yeah, he, he writes some of the Star Wars in the Star Wars universe, and he has some uh, other, other books that, um, just, uh, that he's created. He has a uh, he has a book bundle right now. That's for ten books. You get seven books. Like I'm like I'm not an affiliate or anything. I'm I, but um, I bought this last year and I just loved his his books. They're kind of in your face. He uses a lot of foul language, but it's mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Um, he has five five books about the craft of writing. His website's called TerribleMinds.com mm-hmm. or something like that. So um, yeah, so that's what I, I would encourage. Like like you gotta. Uh, you got to start someplace, but you got to improve and make it better. You know, go deep, but have a have a big picture. You know, start small, go deep, dream big. So that's number two. Uh, my last word of advice is that you have to find a balance between your private life and your public life. Meaning that a lot of writing uh, it necessitates that you have to learn how to be comfortable being alone with your own thoughts mm-hmm. you know um so yeah you, you have to be comfortable with that and a lot, a lot of people you know um are not mm-hmm. but but you can't stay there that mm-hmm. you also have to um uh put your writing your work out there in the world you have to ask for help let someone read it or else you're never going to get you know you're never going to get better you're never going to finish mm-hmm. so you know um but you, you can't stay in that public world for too long either you know kind of worrying about will this people will these people read it you know uh will they like it what will they think you know so you have to balance that 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 private world and that public world um so those are three things you know uh, yeah i love it so uh tian as we wrap up where can people find you um and where, where do they need to start with uh with you yeah, uh, I have a really lame website and blog that I barely <laughs> uh, keep up, but it's tiendone.net. Uh, it's T-H-I-E-N-D-O-A-N.net. And if you go up there, um, you could probably get a book for free. Uh, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll give away my next book uh when i my next uh you know um i'll do a pre-release to, to people who sign up for for the list mm-hmm. and i don't i don't spam anyone and i don't have anything to you know no no courses or anything to sell mm-hmm. but uh but uh yeah love to love to uh, uh you know get to know people and um 
if there's any writers out there, especially like Christian writers, if there's any pastors out there who, who want to write, mm-hmm. um, man, I'd love for you, uh, you to reach out to me and, and find me uh, on the websites. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like there's a really good community mm-hmm. here. And I, I kind of found my, my tribe with, uh, with indie authors. Well, great. Well, Dr. Doan, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. And uh, you really helped a lot of people. And I really appreciate you just being vulnerable, talking about your story as you get going here, just all the the reality of writing. It's not always easy, but um, I know you're learning a lot and uh, cranking out the books and doing the work. And that's all we can do. So thanks for coming on. Great. Thanks. Well, there you have it. Prolific Writer Nation. Dr. Tian Doan dropping some huge writerly love in our direction. I'm so encouraged, so inspired by his story. Um, I'm so excited that he's had some great success starting out. And I, and I, I just want to encourage you that, that you can have this kind of success. And, and I know one key way for that to happen is not hacking the Amazon algorithms. It's not becoming a guru on how to market, but it's finishing that book. The, the common thread in, in Tian's story and every writer's story is you have to have something to actually put out into the world. And, and I loved how he talked about finding content that maybe uh, was lost or, 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 or content that he already had and realizing, hey, I, I might have a book here. And just taking that inspiration, uh, taking his doctoral studies writing habit and putting into practice. And, and I love that part of his, his story. And, and, and I, I bet there's probably tons of material, tons of ideas that you have that, uh, that book just waiting to get out into the world. So thanks. Uh, go check out Tian Doan's uh, stuff on his website. All the information will be in the show notes. And Hey, two things before you go. One is I, I want to just remind you if you could leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or Google Play or wherever you listen to this show, we'd really appreciate it. It really helps us get the show out into the world and uh, get more eyeballs and, and really help a lot more writers. That's really why we do this podcast. So if you could leave a review, that'd, be, that'd help us out a lot. And then secondly, um, a, a couple of weeks ago, I started a Patreon page. And so I'll put the information in the show notes as well. And Patreon, just a way to sh- support indie artists like myself who, who write books and create podcasts and, and and you can check out all the information on my my patreon page and support indie artists if you've never heard of patreon check it out too there's a lot of great artists out there and creators and writers and making cool stuff and great stuff sharing it with the world and it really just helps them support their work and and get more good stuff out into the world for you to enjoy so thank you again everyone prolific writer nation for stopping by the show this is ryan j pelton Go get those words on the page and I'll talk to you real, real soon.